and welcome to a brand new episode of A Woman in AI. My name is Kim Dressendorfer and I'm an AI specialist at IBM. And today I'm more than happy to introduce you to our new interview partner. She's the co-founder of Swiss Cognitive and the Cognitive Valley Foundation and a total badass. Let's welcome Dalit Steiger. Thanks a lot, Kim. I'm more than happy to be with you. Why don't we just kick it off right away and you just tell us a little bit like who you are and what you do. Who I am, first of all, I'm a mother of two teenager girls and I'm very proud about that. Besides that, I'm very passionate about family, friends. It's one of my most important things in my life, as well as sports and traveling. This is more like my private side. On my business side, I'm very passionate about emerging technology, especially AI cognitive technologies. This is where my heart beats. And this is why I love to listen to you also. And uh, yeah, for me, the combination between the two worlds, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a very family-oriented, friend-oriented, network-oriented person. Combining this with the technology today to free time for the human being, to have more time together, this is what I love. <laughs> so you're the co-founder of Swiss Cognitive. What is like a, a passionate project and what do you like why did you founded it like is there something especially like you're interested in that specific topic that you think like okay i need to have this with cognitive uh, company and why don't you tell us a little bit about, more about that we founded end of 2016 so we we're actually more or less uh, four years old in the coming months and for me one of the most important thing is the share for success mm. We said a lot about global collaboration, exchange. So Swiss Cognitive is actually a platform that shares, connects, and unlocks the potential of AI while talking about real use cases. So no terminators, no sci-fi. Really about what can we do today? What are the real use cases? Exchange not only on best practice, also worst failures, because there is where we can learn from each other. And this is what is about experience. So I'm passionate with Swiss Cognitive to speed up the process with technology for the benefit of the humankind. Awesome. I mean, similar to, uh, passion here. I mean, we both of AI. Um, was that something you always thought you're going to end up in? And when you were a child, just like, <laughs> we all yeah. have this scenario in our head, right? Was it actually, you, you even know what I thought I would like to be. <laughs> so when I was a child, I was amazed by the teeth of the elephant. So I wanted to be a dentist for elephants. And uh, yeah, I mean, this somehow didn't really turn out to be. So what I did uh, after my high school, I started to study math. And also there, don't ask me why, I just had to choose something. And for me, math is actually a global language. So I thought with math, you can actually start everywhere in every, dis in every industry, in every country, because everyone will understand you. And besides emotion, actually everything can be calculated and explained with math. At least this is my theory. So uh, after my math study, studies, and I did also business um, informatics, 
I was wondering what a person like me can do out there in the economy. So I started to just call around and asked. Uh, I started at the Swiss big banks because in Switzerland it's really easy to you know to start to communicate uh, with them with regards to jobs at least these days. And we're talking about oh gosh, almost 30 years ago or 25. And yeah. These days, actually, the big banks in Switzerland were reaching out to mathematicians and physicians, graduates, to form them, to get them into investment development and all this kind of stuff. So I thought, why not? Let's try. I mean, I had the possibility to start with an open contract in Switzerland, open globally even. We had really great chances. So. This is how I really stepped in as a software developer and started my first experiences. And honestly, everyone in my network, including my parents, or especially my parents, were like, okay, if someone would have told us that you're going to study mathematics and then end up kind of a software and, and, and developer, they would have said, no way. So yeah, sometimes things get different than we think of and i think this is also good yeah i mean that's the beauty kind of life right you don't expect something to happen and it turned out to be something completely great um, perhaps also because you're much more open if you don't think about it and i, I didn't have time to fear mm -hmm. i didn't have time to think about oh is this the right place to be i mean when i started we were two women actually not only in the whole team probably in, in the department I, I just didn't ask myself, it just happened to be. You just follow. It's like, okay, that's a path now. Um, you yeah. just mentioned two women. Um, were you like one of the only women in your mathematics courses and at university or was it like, a, or how was like the... Yeah, I mean, when I studied, it was like uh, uh, mid end of the 90s. And yeah, we haven't been a lot of women, I must say. Yeah, unfortunately, but it increased. And we're still working on it. And I think thinking of, mathem of mathematics being a global language, the mathematics is actually nothing else than the logical way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And I would say women can definitely think in a logical way. It's probably different than the others, but that's, that's a lot of fun. So for me, that was actually a great start to get into, into this direction. It is. I mean, I love when you mention like mathematics as a global language that everybody can understand. And it's so true. If you look at it, it's just like a different way of how to speak. And um, I mean, you in particular know how many different languages there are, right? How many languages are you speaking like besides English and German? Uh, I mean, Swiss German, if you want to count that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, my Hebrew is my mother tongue. Yeah. And in Switzerland, we are obliged to learn more languages because we have our own ones and this is really beneficial. So I speak also French and uh, I can communicate in Italian. The more wine, the better it flows. <laughs> and then obviously all the programming languages. I mean, like, let's not stop there. Right? <laughs> We're there. I must admit, I haven't programmed since uh, I started there my career. I switched very fast into the project management 
being actually, I always, I always say I was a compiler between IT and the business. And I really loved that because once you understand the IT, once you understand how a code works, you can transform that and explain to the business people who obviously don't understand the code much better. And you can also help the IT teams better to sell their part and also to, to how do you say, like to do expectation management. You know exactly how it is. If you go to a client and he says, oh, just change that quickly. You know, this is just like a really small change and you know exactly what that means in line of codes. That it's not only, oh, I need an additional tag. Could you please just implement that? Um, so these are things that are very beneficial and I loved it. So I think, again, although I don't really like to divide between women and men, but I think we have certain strengths, uh, especially interpersonal from a way of how we talk to each other, how we communicate. And therefore combining actually our networking and emotional intelligence with analytics and knowing knowledge about uh, tech, about algorithm, how it works, you can be a great, added value, a great benefit for the team by being a compiler. That is absolutely true. I feel like, I think that's also like the beauty of AI that you don't have to like be at the end on the programming side, but also like have the opportunity to just like be the spokesperson in that kind of way, like help people understand what AI actually means, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember like when, when we had our Swiss cognitive um, uh, discussions, right? It was all about like, okay, AI is still so new. We got to need people to like understand it. Yes. Build it. Yes. But also bring it to the people. Like if we just have the people who build it, nobody will at the end use it because the user experience will never fit to the need what the actual person at the end need. And I really like that you mentioned the compiler role at the end because it's really important. It's, it's fascinating, but that's the, the variety of AI we have, which, which is like, can like use it and, everybody can use their creativity at the end to just like bring it to the person. Exactly. And you just mentioned it, creativity. And creativity is definitely a core competence of the human being. But if we look at efficiency, performance, the sustainable quality, this is something that really belongs to the machines. And this is also something that I'm very passionate about. And I love to see how technology not even on the AI, but how technology can support a human being in their daily life. I mean, we're not doing our bookkeeping stuff uh, on paper anymore. There are great, great applications out there. And if we can enhance them now with cognitive technology, oh gosh, life will be much easier and we're going to have more time to have fun together, exchange like that. I know it's more time for ourselves, right? As soon as we like get the processes running, we can like lean back a little bit and just like take time and take a breather in and just like relax for a hot sec. But will we do that? And this is actually one of the questions that uh, I discussed. My grandma turned 100 that this year, she's still alive, and I was just thinking of what she was able to experience through all these developments uh, in, in technology. And thinking of that, I mean, she was, she or her generation was introduced to the washing machine. And until today, I, I was asking a lot of people actually, I couldn't find anyone 
that takes a book and watches or actually reads a book during the washing machine is washing the clothes. So what we're turning into is that we're developing technology to, the, to, to our benefit to be faster, more efficient, higher quality, all these kinds of things. But the point is that we turn into a process that we put even more work. We're just running after new stuff. And this is uh, the end, the responsibility of ourselves, of the humankind, to make sure that we put in, how do you say, like, like me time, where yeah. you really, you, you spend time for yourself. It doesn't matter if it's in sports, in family, with friends, but it's definitely our, our uh, responsibility. And looking now at the COVID situation, when it started, everything was slowed down. And honestly, although it's like a really, really difficult and extraordinary times that we're going through and, and sad, but it, it was amazing to have suddenly more time. And this lasts for just a few weeks. Why? Because the schedule of all our meetings normally had some travel time. So once we had to switch to virtual, you had like three slots in your schedule because you weren't traveling. That's so true. Now the problem is that as soon as we realized it's not going to change, we started actually to schedule our calls one after the others. You even didn't have time to grab a coffee or go to the loop. You were just from morning till the evening in front of your screen. And then you started to think, why are people late? Why can't they just be here on time? Why? Because we're scheduling it every single slot, one after the others. So even if you just have like a few minutes more with your first meeting, and probably you just need a glass of water or a coffee or go to the bathroom, obviously you have like a delay and this stresses even more and this is unhealthy, but we can't blame anyone than ourselves. That is so true. Yeah. I feel like that the whole topic towards like, uh, like balanced work life is just like kind of got fluid because like weekends just got, Oh, I let me just finish that email real quick. So I can like take five more minutes on Monday. Right. <laughs> doesn't work. Just doesn't yeah. work. And I also have the feeling, yes, sometimes, for example, my perspective, I like take myself the, the lunchtime off. I'm like going out and I'm going for a run, right? Which I was normally like, I never had time. But the, this like topic of like, okay, office is closed now. I'm leaving the office is gone. Yeah. So I, I like catch my, I catch myself sometimes just like, oh, let's just look real quick. Is everything okay? Did someone mm -hmm. wrote me on Slack? Like, is there something going on I missed? Like, does someone yeah. need an answer at 7 p.m.? Like, what would happen, yeah. right? It's, it's such an interesting topic. And I mean, like, if you look at the whole work-life balance, it kind of it gets like, no, like back, like, I don't know, like back in the days when I started working, it kind of was like, okay, I want to work so I can live, right? I want to do my hobbies. I want to get, I need to get that money, obviously, to finance my mm -hmm. hobbies. And it kind of switched towards I live to work yeah. because like that's two words. Okay. That's the, the, cause it have to have the career. I have to have the money. It's the, nobody's sleeping. Everybody's catching up like new AI, especially is changing every half a year. New topics are coming out, new, new services. So it came a lot of pressure towards like on each other. You're just like, okay, we gotta be on point. We gotta be there. We gotta be like 
every time available 24 7 and i think that's like a shift we kind of like need to figure out a little bit like how do we deal with this yeah you're absolutely right and i would like i would tell you that i know how to do work-life balance it is very very tough and um, especially if you have family next to it and you still want to go after your passion and i'm talking about passion and not about career. And I tell you why. I have been blamed a few times. You're looking after your career. I even have people asking me, why actually do you have kids? And I go like, why? Because I want to have a family. I love my kids. We have a great relationship, but I have also other purpose in my life. And this is my passion. This is something that I'm, I'm, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm looking into the mirror and say, it's a good day. I'm looking forward to what I'm doing. And it's not only about being with my kids, obviously. How can I educate my kids? How can I be a good role model? How can I share with them my experience if I wouldn't have my passion? And the passion, and I'm, I would say, happy to say that my, my work is my passion. But the word career, I think, destroys a lot. Mm. It gives us, and not only the women, but especially the women, a pressure about being perfect. Because you do your career means you have to achieve something. Achieve something in the topic of, um, uh, how do you say, like uh, uh, hierarchy-wise, content-wise, mother wise and then you're also socializing your friends you're inviting people for dinner the household needs to be perfect and stuff like that and household is definitely most of the people it's not their passion so it is very very difficult and i mean i can speak especially about switzerland i was lucky to have a good friend she is swiss and moved to the states with, with their kids when they're already very uh, when they still were very small and when i was pregnant with my second one she told me listen to it best thing is get an nanny at home because otherwise you're not going to be calm you need to have a household manager you need to have someone who is looking after your family not only after the kids after your family so when you come back home you have the passion uh, the patience patience to be with the kids you don't have to run to get uh, to, to do shopping in the grocery you don't have to pick them up from kindergarten all this kind of stuff now a lot of people in switzerland told me how can how dare are you how can you do that and i said hey you know what guys first of all when i'm coming back home my kids has a satisfied happy mother at home there was nothing that I missed in their school career to go to school, to listen to their theater, to um, join them on their class uh, journeys and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of their friends told my kids, your mom's always there. And a friend of mine told me once, how come that my daughter tells me, be 724 at home, the lit, whenever it burns, she is here and you're never here. So this is the experience of the kids. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. And I, 
I also, I, I didn't manage always to do that the correct way. And I still sometimes think I could have done it much better. But at the end of the day, what your kids wants to have is a, a strong, healthy, and sustainable relation with the parents, seeing that they are happy in what they do. And how can I educate and even push my kids for education if, if I'm not living it? I mean, how would I stand in front of my girls? I study mathematics and some other things. How can I stand there saying, mommy didn't do anything out of it? That is absolutely, and I want people to hear that, what you just said, because I think it's so important and it needs to be normalized. Like why do, like, I don't think a man got asked, like, how do you have kids and like have a career? Why do you think this is like, okay for you to do? You should be at home and take care of the kids. Like that is the issue. Like, how are we, how do we reach a point where this is just like normalized? Like have a nanny. Yes, do it. It makes you happy. And at the end, you want to have your kids see you happy. Like that's absolutely the most important thing. But you also want to have your private life. You want to have your career. You didn't study for nothing. Like it's something people need to know. And especially like the, like the, the I don't know how to call it, like the, the big man, white man in, 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 the, in the big offices. Like it's, it's normal. When we women can do it, we can, we have the power to do it. We have the organizational skill, we have the soft skill to handle both. So I think like that's something really people need to hear and just like, oh, I'm so happy to have you in this interview already because like, yes, this is definitely something I needed to hear. And, it, and especially it gives me, they're like, they're like confidence to also do it, you know, because that's always a debate in my career. Like, okay, I'm at the age now where like people look at me like, oh, are you getting kids or not? Like, what is your deal? Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I don't know yet because I don't know how to combine it. And I feel like I'm in such a good path now career wise or like that. I feel like confident of saying, okay, I can do the next step in my career, but I do also want to do this in my personal life. Mm -hmm. So having women like you is so important for us to just like see it and just like feel like, okay, we can do this. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Absolutely. But you know, it's not only talking about how we um, explain ourselves towards our job, our team, our bosses, our, again, uh, towards the society. You will have also this discussion within your family with your own kids. And this is one of the things that I definitely can give as a tip. I always was talking with my girls, telling them, explaining them why it's for me so important to go out and to work. It's about my passion, it's about my education, it's about going forward, it's about having a sense besides kids in the life. And this is one of the things that they understood very early. And I remember quite some role games they did with their friends. And one was, my girl was uh, four and her boyfriend, kind of boyfriend was a year older. They went out with their bobby cars and he told her, Oh, now we're going to play mommy and daddy and I'm going out for, um, to work 
and uh, you can go into the kitchen to prepare lunch already for the kids. Well, she turned to him and said, why should I do this? I'm going to work too. There is Nanny working and doing lunch for the kids. And she was like, looking at me with such big eyes. Somehow she couldn't understand her best friends telling her that she's supposed to go to the kitchen. And we had a big laugh about that. And until today, my girls, they know exactly what it means having a household. It's not that I'm not doing anything there. I do a lot, but we have help because otherwise I couldn't do what I love to do. And at the end of the day, we are here. And you've mentioned it right at the beginning. We work for life and we don't live for work. This is very essential. And this also includes telling your kids whether you go to work or whether you go out in the evening, keeping them with a babysitter, or whether you take a week off with your husband for skiing and letting the kids with the grandparents. We must have this space because otherwise our, our own personality will, will, how do you say, will get rotten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. It's so it's like self care. It's still something so important, and people exactly. just sometimes wish it underneath the the carpet and don't talk about it. But it's absolutely something. I mean, then we come to stereotypes too, right? Especially like in our area, we like always have that constant pressure of just like we gotta perform because as soon as we do a mistake, we gotta be like, oh yeah, the woman in AI didn't get it right, right? Just because we said one sentence wrong and. It's always like that constant pressure we have on ourselves. And if we don't take a step back and just like, just be us and like be ourselves, I think like it's, it's going to be a mental case. Like if we, if we don't take care of it and it is a stressful time and yeah. it's stressful, not really stressful, but like if it is kind of like a, like a fast paced area. So if we don't take a step back every now and then, we're just gonna, you're gonna have issues. <laughs> I mean, nothing against the workaholics and I, I do count us in there as well, right? We do kind of work a lot, but like still like in a, in a healthy kind of like perspective. But you know, also there is a very interesting point of view. I have been asked uh, quite sometimes with, by my girls and they're like 16 and 19 in the midtime. Uh, Mom, if you go out now, is this business or is it friendship? I was looking at them and I was like, a good question. Now what happens if you're working in a field where you feel passionate about, then you're working with people together you like. And I mean, if we got, if you and me wouldn't be separated by so many kilometers, I mean, we would meet in person much more often, not because of business, because it's interesting to discuss together because we have common sense. Yeah. And if we discuss about our topics, it's not because we're discussing our business and we want to have an outcome out of it. It's because <laughs> we just love it because it's a way we think, it's a way we live, it's the way we want to, to be, kind of. Mm -hmm. There is also something 
We have to be careful with regards to our colleague. I absolutely agree. We have to be careful with all the devices, the connectivity, accessibility, everything that we have, absolutely. And also, and we were discussing that before, for me, the youngsters, and uh, I mean, you also belong to them, you guys are much more, how do you say, um, you know, I mean, your experience is obviously much stronger about getting much more things done in the same time sequence than we, because of all the devices we have, connectivity, accessibility. So time passes much faster. And I think this is something that we, the older generation, needs to cope on a different level. We can't tell the youngsters how to do it because you, you never lived how we live and you will never live the way how we live because time has passed, most of mm -hmm. And I think this is something also, the discussion about workaholics, work-life balance, um, it's a totally different on your level than on mine because I'm coming from a different background, experience, old economy. I hate that, that word. <laughs> but I get it. It makes sense. It's just like, especially like growing up. Like I know it might sound like, even if my, for example, my sister, she's just like five years younger, but yeah. it's a completely different mindset of how things should work. Mm -hmm. Right? But, but I think like sometimes my, perspective I kind of like question how is it working and why is it doing whatever I told it to do like talking yeah. about like software right and my sister is more like it needs to work like we don't have time to figure out like what can be better like let's ask it right it needs to be done after two clicks and if it hasn't reached that point we're done with it not a good app we don't need it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. better one right and yeah. I get it that's like especially like um like looking at my parents they like okay complete different way older generation and there's like even struggles with work right <laughs> right this is something we like we figured out quite quickly it is really it's like even a short time frame like a couple of mm -hmm. years it's a complete different kind of shift mm -hmm. you know what we can learn from you guys and you just said it and i love that you know this iterative way like drag and drop check it out Let's try. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, let's take the next one. And this is also an entrepreneurial stuff. You guys just have it because everything is faster, more accessible. And you've learned about, okay, let's try. And also about the experience, okay, then it doesn't work. Just because it doesn't work, it's not a failure. It's an iterative process of experiencing how stuff can be done better and especially in AI, perhaps to close a little bit the, the circle back to our main topic uh, about uh, AI, is we can do a lot. The technology can support us in a lot of different ways. So it's about the human being to find out where and how we would like to be supported, especially in health. I mean, for me, this is one of the nicest and most important subjects, how technology can make our life healthier, can support pa uh, patients with, with cancer, um, 
how we can push forward the research of uh, medication and all this kind of stuff. And there, it's very important that we do this iterative way of, um, of uh, how do you say, of, of, of those different uh, experiences, how we, how we can proceed with what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And this also brings me to the topic of the bias. When we talk about the bias in AI, the bias is not in AI. The bias is not in the algorithm. The bias is in ourselves. And at the end of the day, now we have a chance to unbias the bias because we, we actually write a code. And this is, at the end, your core competence. When you write a code, when you're doing something, you're doing it with the best thinking with your experience now you look at the result and then you see that the result is kind of oh it's not exactly what it meant to be because we see only men we see only women we see only whatever it is so you think about that you change the algorithm and make it better and this is exactly the iterative way how we can get there much much faster that is so true. The bias, the bias of the data. I mean, it's, it's a constant topic, especially like I just had another day. I had a client meeting and I we like, like looked at the data and it was kind of shocking and what they had as a, as a platform, what they were working on, like no algorithm can fix that whatever they had as a, as a data collection. Like what should you do if you, if you especially have topics like that. And I think um, it's just like, it needs to be also talked about and it needs to be like visualized as well. And it's like, okay, there is an issue and we got to unbiased the bias, as you say so beautifully. It's just something we got to finally tackle. And I think as soon as we like just make it as a, as a thing and like have it everywhere in it, where we literally look at the data first and like talk about it. Hey, there's a massive like bias problem in here. You got to figure that out before we can even do an algorithm. And um, yeah, it's something we just like, it needs to happen. It needs something to be like, talked about more often. But um, mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier, like with, with um, especially like kids, um, you had a panel the other day with um, a lot of young kids and it was really inspiring to just watch them like be really happy and really like looking forward and really creative. What was your experience with them? Um, it was amazing. It was one of the nicest things that I did in my almost 50 years. And I was shaking. I never was as nervous as at that panel. Wow. Don't ask me why. It's just the way it is. And I was so excited about giving these youngsters the stage to talk about things that we adults kind of talk about that in our daily life. And it was very eye-opening, mm. having like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, and 18-year-old discussing about cognitive technology. What can cognitive technology do for the human being? How, how do they see it? What are their wishes towards us, towards the older generation? And we can learn a lot about that. I mean, they can show us a way of thinking that we just don't know because they, they have another experience or they don't have experience that we used to have. 
because time has just changed. And one of the things that they said is really about, they want us to give the technology a chance, a chance for the human being, for a sustainable future, for um, going forward, having more independency and being more open. Also the whole discussion about data, data privacy, they have a total different view on that. Yeah. Listening to them, how they, how they talk about technology and the potential is really great. It's so exciting. And uh, it's definitely not going to be the last panel I do with those youngsters. We have a lot of brilliant minds out there. And when I talk about brilliant minds, it's not only about IQ. And this is how I would love to encourage every child, every girl out there, whatever you do, do what you're passionate about and then you will be good in. It doesn't really matter what it is. You need to be able to get up in the morning, look into the mirror and feel good about what you do. And you have to have a feeling of, I like to wake up in the morning because I love my life. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> my heart um sometimes like especially when you said like earlier with the kids that they just like have an an open mind right i always wonder like is it something we i don't think we lost it during the way but i guess we just got like maybe the bias in there with like okay how much money do we get out of this project like uh how many people do we have to sign it to and um it's it's really interesting and i i think there might be something we like I kind of want to bring in a little bit more often to just like ask a kid about it and just like, how do you think, how do you think it should look like? Because it is, it is true. I mean, that's why, for example, the topic design thinking just became so big again that like to have these sessions with the client, just like, okay, what do you want without having any of the problems? And that would be something like, what be interesting to just like bring it back in and just like, bring the child back out again of every of us, right? Absolutely. Um, now, I'm sorry, I just missed your last question because just someone was bumping in here. That's <laughs> like, so can you just repeat that? Obviously, there was more about like, um, how do we can, how can we be childs again? Especially oh. like in our perspective of every time we go to a project, it's always like, okay, how big it is, what is the frame, how many people do we need to like bring it to life? Um, I, I think it's very difficult to, to get the child out of ourselves, and probably it's a bit um, dangerous what I'm saying now. I think men can do this much better than we women. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> okay. We can learn from them. I think we definitely can learn from them. And I, I also have an explanation to that. And you mentioned that before, you know, this stereotype being perfect, being, you know, perfect from a content perspective, from a performance perspective, even from a, how do you say, makeup and clothes perspective, everything always needs to be perfect. So you don't really need, we don't, have somehow the freedom to let it go yeah and 
this is one thing why I think it's very hard. One reason for me how we could make a step forward is to include the young people, and I'm saying like really also kids, into the discussion. And this is one of the things that I love to, I discuss a lot about uh, different things with my girls and I can learn a lot about it from them. And I think this is the way of thinking. When we always have the feeling that we can't learn from younger people, that's wrong. You can learn from every generation and you have to be open-minded. And so probably I have difficulties to kind of release the kid in myself, uh, but I can let the kids into my daily business life and Perhaps this is a way how I can achieve that better. That will be amazing. That's you're lucky. You're like <laughs> you have a little smart oh, girl. Like, like, it's always much easier to talk about the stuff than doing it. But what I definitely lucky is that since five years, I found the way that I want to to go. Uh, I have a lot of things that I achieved for myself. But I must admit, it took a lot. The price was high. And the last 14 years before I did this big step, I was definitely in this narrow corset, like most, most of us. I had to struggle a lot. I still have certain struggles today, but totally differently. But uh, I don't wish any woman or girl out there that she needs to go through what women like we had to go through, even my mother, uh, my grandmother. I mean, they did a lot of work for us and we are doing the work for the younger generation. So this is definitely something that I hope it will be much, much easier for the younger generation, the younger women. And what I also need to say is that we have a lot of men supporting us and this is something that I always very, very keen on. It's not only about us women, it's about gender diversity, it's about diversity in every matter, manner. And there are a lot, a lot of uh, great companies, great men, that are men that's supporting us and really trying to do everything. And this is a discussion we just had yesterday, by the way, a short anecdote. Uh, we had to fill out a form about what topics myself can speak and about topics that Andy, my co-founder, can speak. And obviously I had the topics like women in technology and I just put it in, in his too. And then he goes, uh, I think that was a copy paste. And I said, no, that was on purpose. There's probably no one better than you that can talk about women in tech because first of all, you co-founded a company with a woman in tech. We have a, actually a women team. We have more women than men in our team and you're working a lot towards supporting women in all the levels. So actually you could talk much better about women in tech probably than I can do. And he agreed. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I mean, when it, it comes down to humanity, right? You wanna, you need to show empathy and it comes also from, from every gender. 
Like it doesn't mean you like only women can be supportive of women. We need the man to just like also be empathic of us and help us and understand the struggle we're in. And I think when we like that the word feminist became kind of like sometimes in a negative touch because it means like only women sometimes, which is absolutely wrong, right? We need we need the whole to work together and just like say like it comes down if you if you you gotta show humanity, you gotta get step away from your reputation image you want to create towards wait let's step back and like let's work together here because only when we all work together we can solve the problem and that's something we it became so such like a as you said a narrow road in kind of like a lot of ways that we just like we need to find a way to solve it and i like that you say like we got to work together here to like find the right path and like i love that andy is doing the the woman in tech thing that makes me really happy he's a great guy yeah i will definitely support him to do yeah. one uh, uh, talk about that and it's as we're saying it's it's gender diversity it's diversity over all the cultures all the experiences all the ages and one thing that i used to do when i was a little bit younger i'm still doing it although it gets more <laughs> a little bit more difficult uh when i'm when I went to any kind of event, I was always looking for women who are older than me because I was sure that there I can benefit from their experience. And today, where I'm getting more into this gen uh, generation, I, I'm very keen to find young people. And this is why I was also very excited about getting to know you because I can benefit a lot about you guys. It's the exchange. And at the end of the day, the more we share, the better we all can uh, get richer. And grow together, right? That's... Absolutely. Um, I mean, what was the best advice you might have ever gotten from a mentor or like from a friend? Um, one of the most important advices I got it was from my father telling me, bring yourself to the position you can take a decision. Deep. Yeah. Wow. And this actually brought me to the position to take decisions. Yeah. No, I, that's actually like, that's, that's an amazing advice. And I hope everybody who listens to it right now is writing it down and like pins it at the wall because that's, that's the right point, right? You want to be, you want to have the freedom at the end to, to take your own path and don't be dependent on someone else or a company. So that's really important. And sometimes probably your decision is wrong, but you took it. Yeah. You're responsible for it. And this gives you a good feeling. That is true. Also makes you probably a better human because you gotta be aware of what you decide for and what you do and like make it yeah. the right way. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> um, Dalit, I have one more question for you. And it would be, what is your favorite app? <laughs> um, I don't have a favorite one, but what I can tell you, I love apps that makes my life easier with regards to, um, uh, how do you say, uh, 
shopping, like doing grocery. Yeah. About transportation. About um, choosing music. Oh. Where I must say I don't like if they tell me this is with regards to your profile. I really like if I have total controversy stuff. Um, so actually stuff that makes my life easier, that takes stuff away from me that I don't feel comfortable, that I'm not good in, and that challenged me also in sports, for example. So all this kind of stuff. So I don't have one single favorite app, but uh, this is actually where I see efficiency in the structure of my daily life. There we go, back to AI. <laughs> <laughs> The right apps with the right um, brings like the right, let's say the right um, efficiency at the end. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where can people reach you the best if they have more questions maybe, or like they want to learn more about you as a person? The easiest is actually either via LinkedIn or via email. Awesome. And I'll do my best. Just, this is also something that people sometimes reaching out saying, I just wonder whether you got my message. And I was like, yeah, yes, I got it, but I just didn't have the time yet. And this is also one of the things, you know, time runs, you have your core business and you have to make a living. And I'm very, very passionate about mentoring, especially women, young women in tech, what I do, but I must also say, and this is something that I had to learn actually in the last probably three years, sometimes to step back. And this is also an advice to everyone, not only women. We have to sometimes step back and say, I would love to, but I just don't have the time. Because if you try to do everything out there, you lose me time what makes yourself also happy and gives you the balance in your daily life. That is so true. Dalit, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Write everything down in the show notes so you can check out what she's doing and where her companies are. Um, I'm more than happy to like count you as a friend in the AI world as well. Like I'm more than happy to get to know you and it's always a pleasure talking to you. So I can't wait for many more. And we obviously hope you listeners had a blast and let us know if you need anything more. <laughs> okay, you guys. Thank you, Dalit. Have a wonderful time and I'll hear you soon. Thank you. Bye, Kim.